Okay. I, I'm just going to apologize. I have to just ask. Was a Jew ever killed in the temple? Or was it ever a part of a appropriate, um, a proper Jewish ritual? If you're asking me, was anyone ever killed in the temple? No. You're asking me, did Jews ever engage in human sacrifice that was illicit, that was permitted, not illicit, but illicit, that means that was permitted, and the answer is no, of course not. That was, that was the greatest abomination. In fact, when Yecheskel Hanovi, the, the great prophet, when the Almighty, blessed be his name, um, brought him miraculously, if it was, however it was, but the Almighty, part of the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel is essentially three parts. One part is to explain why was the first temple just destroyed? And God takes Ezekiel through a ride, basically, moving through the temple. And in one room, people are sacrificing, killing babies. That's one of the things that he sees. The, and then, then the, the coal is thrown down from the heaven, and the whole temple is destroyed. But that's one of the visions he is, God allows him to see the abominations that were going on. Now, human sacrifice is forbidden in, in all of the Tanakh. The prophets warned us. It's, the prophets warned us that it's forbidden, that human sacrifice is forbidden. And, and in fact, Icheskel Hanovi HaKadosh Vator, a beautiful man, he's buried in Iraq. I met many American soldiers who fought in the coalition forces who went to visit his, his burial place because Muslims consider Ezekiel a prophet as well, so his tomb is well-preserved. So Ezekiel is enraged by this kind of thinking that the, that the, the wicked person, the, the righteous person could die for the sins of the wicked by my life. That's not, I mean, he really... And then if you read through the chapter, the chapter verse 21 of Ezekiel 18, the prophet of blessed memory says, um, so if the wicked cannot die for the sins, of, if the righteous can't die for the sins of the wicked, so what do you do now if you sin? So he says, as for the wicked person, if he'll turn away from his sinful ways and do that which is right and noise, I will freely forgive him and and his sins will no longer be remembered against him. And contrary to what Paul says at the end of Romans chapter 6, uh, uh, the God of Israel has something else to tell you. He's got a message for you. And that is, is it my desire at all to punish the wicked? Is it not rather they turn from their sinful ways that they may live? It's a beautiful passage. Uh, so when Paul says the wages of sin is death, uh, you know, you have every person has to say, okay, am I going with Paul or am I going with Ezekiel? <laughs> and that's the question. For us, it's an absolute no-brainer. You know, it's not personal, whatever. But uh, if I have to choose between Paul and Isaiah, when I have to choose between uh, whoever wrote the book of James and and Moses, I'm going with Moses every time. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just a no-brainer. So, so human sacrifice is forbidden, and the the typical human sacrifices that we used in, in was, I mean, I mean, Christianity is obviously the mother load of human sacrifice. But you know, if you go, like I'm, a, I'm a diver. Uh, Cozumel is among the best diving you have in this part of the world. If you'd love to dive, it's a lot. In, so come to Indonesia or the Philippines, it's 
far superior. But they have people go to Cozumel, they, well, let's go look at the altars of the Aztecs and Mayans. I don't know which one they are. You know, they're just killing babies there, killing little girls there. Why? Why do they always kill virgins, throwing them, kill virgins and babies? Why? Why don't they kill bank robbers and rapists? Do you ever think about that? Why? Because they represent purity. So the idea, I mean, the Arabs did this prior to the advent of Islam. They would take little baby girls and they would bury them alive. It was common practice during the Jahiliya uh, to, uh, to, when you built a house and you wanted to make sure the house would, would stand for a long time and it would be a successful building, you put a baby in the post where the central uh, post would stand. The baby was put inside first. And this is all forbidden. This is the, the prophets of Israel all warn the children of Israel. This is a, an absolute forbidden practice um, of, in any kind of notion of vicarious atonement. If one subscribes to vicarious atonement, incidentally, that means you're saying that God has no mercy. Do you understand why? I'm going to say that again. Any religion that believes in vicarious atonement, that means it's the death of an innocent person atoned for the sins, that means that, that death pays the price for your sin, means that you cannot believe that God is merciful. Maybe I should explain that because I'm getting a look here and I'll explain it to you. Now, one warning. Do not believe for one second that there is a Christian in this country that believes that God isn't merciful. Every Christian will tell you that God is merciful. Not 99, but 100%. And they mean it, and they believe it. And someone tells you otherwise, they don't know what they're talking about. But listen very carefully. If you subscribe to vicarious atonement, that someone could pay the price for your sin, then God can't be merciful. Then you can say God's merciful, but the words are meaningless. And the word just means anything and everything. And when a word means everything, it means nothing. Imagine if uh, you've been, uh, you did something wrong, whatever it is, and you're standing for a judge, and you, you committed a crime. So it's not a speeding ticket. Committed a crime. Well, it's not a good thing, especially if you get caught. And now you're standing in... Um, You go in the courtroom, and the judge tells you about how serious the crime is and, and what kind of penalty is involved, and you're going to go to prison. You could, if you don't want to go to prison, you could pay a fine of $100,000, and then you don't have to go to prison. You either can pay a fine of $100,000, or you can go to prison for a few years. So you're standing there and go, and you know what you're thinking. I don't got a hundred thousand dollars, and I never been to prison, but I saw a few of these TV shows, and I definitely do not want to go there. Now, just think about this for a moment, okay? So the judge says, "Look, you could pay the hundred thousand dollars, or you're going to have to go to prison and pay it that way." Now, as it turns out, I happen to be in the courtroom just watching, observing this whole spectacle, and I'm a very rich guy, and for whatever reason, I take a liking to you. 
And I just go to your attorney and say, look, I'll pay the $100,000 for your client. So if the attorney says, look, this person is willing to pay the money, what will the judge say? No problem. Judge doesn't care. They don't care where the money comes from. If you are, if the court finds you, if someone, if you have some rich friend, some rich uncle gives you the money, they're fine. They don't care. Only didn't steal it. Long as it's not money that you made by selling drugs. If it's, if it's, if the money is illicit, it's fine. You're out because someone paid the price for you. Okay, that's scenario number one. I'd like to present scenario number two. You've, you've committed a crime, a serious one. You're standing before the judge, and the judge says the exact same thing. The judge says to you, this is a very serious crime. You have two choices. You can pay $100,000, or you're going to go to prison for a long time. And you know that you, you, know you, you did the wrong thing. And you begin to weep. And the judge sees you crying. And this is a special kind of judge. You can see your heart and sees that your heart is really broken, that you really are sorry. The judge looks at you and says, I see you really feel bad about this. And you say, I do, judge. I did the wrong thing. I sinned. I, I, I committed a serious crime. I acknowledge that. I'll never do it again. I am so sorry. And the judge says, you're forgiven, go. I ask you a question. Which judge is merciful and which one is not? The first or the second? The second. The, for the judge that someone pays the price for you has no mercy. He's just taking somebody else's payment. Some, look, if you've never heard the term, Jesus paid the price for you, you have never, you've been living in an, in, in an igloo for your whole life. Okay? Then you use it, okay? Someone paid the price for you. You're covered in the blood. If you've never heard that, you've never been to a church in life, you've never spoken to a Christian in your life. Okay? I mean, there's nothing could be more clear than this. So vicarious atonement means that God has no mercy and simply, simply someone pay the price for you, a payment that you cannot pay. And, I, you know, and one thing is clear, this, I am not giving this talk in Borough Park, Brooklyn to Jews who never heard Christian theology before. I'm not in Mayor Sharon where people never met a Christian in their lives. And I'm not in Saudi Arabia where people never met a Christian in their lives. I am speaking to an audience that knows I am not making any of this up. You cannot be in a Christian service and not hear that someone paid the price for you and you are covered in the blood of Calvary. If you believe that, if you subscribe to that, if that's your concept of God, then God has no mercy. It's simply somebody else paid the price for you. Then how is God, as it says in Exodus, he is a Rachman, which is one of the names of God. He is full of mercy. Where's the mercy? There is no mercy. It's simply somebody else paid the price for you. So it's much deeper than it is in Abrian theology. What I want to tell my holy brothers and sisters, what I want to do,
is take you a little deeper than just quoting a verse showing you that these ideas, these teachings, these doctrines and creeds are opposed by the Jewish scriptures. I want to take you something a little deeper and show you what's going on, what's going on under the lid, the wiring, what's wrong with the wiring of it. Vicarious atonement means that God demands that a price has to be paid. The question, are you going to pay it or a little virgin is going to pay it? Are you going to pay it or a little baby girl who was just born going to pay it? Are you going to pay it or some person who lived 2,000 years ago pay it? There's no mercy there. Now Christians will object to this, but they must prayerfully ask themselves the question. If this was God's salvation program, a man God, did God just forget to mention John 3.16? He just forgot about 20, nearly 24,000 passages in the Jewish scriptures, and somehow God forgot to mention this holy central doctrine of all of Paul's teachings. The answer is it's a Christian invention. The answer is that Christianity invented nothing and borrowed everything from the, from the Greco-Roman world. And it's an abomination. But I say this to you. When you speak to Christians, be very gentle. Don't be like me. <laughs> Don't get so excited like me. Go easy. Why? Listen, it's, if you say this to a Christian, they'll, they really will feel very offended. Listen to me. Okay? I know what I'm doing. No, seriously. You have to go easy. Christians generally, the reason why Christians are Christians, you ask a Christian, why are you a Christian? Jesus loves me, and I love Jesus. That's it, and he died for my sins. And if you don't know that, then I don't know how you've been living here in Texas. Then you've been walking around with earplugs all your life. <laughs> okay.